Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. Look at the snow. Got yourself a gun. Well, they were at it again in the soprano state of New Jersey. Except it's not the Di Calvacante crime family as portrayed by Tony Soprano and Stevie Van Zandt, Schmata Boy, and Paulie Walnuts, and those cast of characters from that great HBO series. Talked about the divisions in New Jersey versus their overseers in New York, Johnny Sack. No, no, no. Now we're talking about the real organized crime in New Jersey, equal to the DeCalvacante crime family. And that is the politicians of New Jersey. And I don't exempt Republicans because, uh, as Chris Christie proved, when he was U.S. attorney out of Newark, he was busting crooked Republicans and crooked Democrats all along the way. But let's just focus on the crook of all crooks, the capo di tutti of crooks, Bobby Menendez, who was able to avoid being found guilty, although he was as guilty as sin, back in 2015, in a trial against corruption that was so blatant, so brazen, anyone looking at it would have said guilty, 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 but it was a hung jury in Newark, U.S. attorneys prosecuted there. And then a federal judge uh, decided not to go further. He had his um, Medici, Dr. Melgen, who has ripped off Medicare, Medicaid, more than any other doctor in the history of both those social service health care programs, uh, providing favors for him. And naturally, it was you scratch my belly, I scratch yours. It was on and on. It was disgusting, as has been described by others. But he got off the hook. Within seven months, he was back at it, being wine-dined in pocket line. This time in cash money, with gold bar bricks, the likes of which Fat Joe Tony Messino, who just died from the Bonanno crime family in Howard Beach, when they raided his house with his wife and three uh, daughters there, they took out 250 gold bars. You see what I'm saying? I mean, in New Jersey, is there really any difference between the elected officials and the DeCalvacante crime family of the Sopranos? No. They're crooks. And this guy is the capo di tutti of all crooks. And, in fact, the most crooked of all U.S. senators, and that's saying a lot, up on the hill and when he makes his deals to get wine dined in pocket line in the cloakrooms. Here he was yesterday. They wouldn't let him have his press conference in which he claimed that he's a victim at the public school he attended in Union City. So he had to go to the nearby facility next door with all of his sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys, kissing his big lead ass tuchus, Bobby Menendez, who really whipped up an excuse 
for having all that money stuffed into his pockets and all those gold bars. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Oh, please, stop it. You were born in New York. You were never in Cuba. Born in New York, and then you did the hop, skip, and a jump across the Hudson River to uh, the most uh, corrupt of Democratic counties in America, more corrupt than Crook County, Illinois, Hudson County, which you've been the company tutti in charge of, the shot caller. But let's go to that scene in The Godfather. Remember, it was 1958. Michael Corleone was at the table along with Hyman Roth and all the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies that were doing business in Batista's Cuba at that time. Remember, it was the New Year's Day celebration. I would like to take this opportunity to thank United Telephone and Telegraph for their lovely Christmas gift. Quiero aprovechar la oportunidad para darles gracias a la United Telephone and Telegraph Company. Solid gold telephone. Solid gold telephone. Solid gold telephone. Solid gold telephone. How is Menendez any different than the crook Batista was in Cuba? Who got a gift? Remember the scene in The Godfather, United Telephone and Telegraph gave him a solid gold telephone. Because, you see, that's how he does business, the same way that Batista did business and sold out his country. So that the rebels came down out of the mountain, Fidel and Raul Castro and Che Guevara, and it's been hell ever since. Right, right, right. So, I mean, think of it. There's synergy here. And by the way, if you notice, uh, Justin, because Bobby Menendez did his 20-minute press conference in which he wouldn't take any questions afterwards in both English and Spanish, we did our first cut in both English and Spanish, right? I know you're listening, Bobby Menendez, because I've been on your jockstrap, your gold-gilded jockstrap, ever since you've been a crooked congressman in Hudson County in Jersey City. And then remember again the excuse that Bobby Menendez gave for his uh, brazen greed. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Menendez, that didn't fly. Why didn't you just use the Tony Montagna excuse, right? Tony Montagna that you helped bring over in the Mariolito boat lift of 1980, where you were supporting Jimmy Carter, the schmuck the putts, who accepted all the criminals that Castro had released and those from his insane asylums to our shores. What a disaster that was. 120,000 Mariolitos, one of whom... It was Tony Montagna of Scarface, a.k.a. Al Pacino. I know thief. I'm Tony Montana, a political prisoner from Cuba. And I want my human right. Now, I'm Tony Montana, a political prisoner from Cuba. And I want my human right. Now, I'm Tony Montana, a political prisoner from Cuba. And I want my human right. Now, I'm Tony Montana, a political prisoner from Cuba. And I want my human right now. See, I'm Bobby Menendez, a political prisoner of Cuban heritage from Union City. And I'm a political prisoner. That's what you should have said, word for word, like Al Pacino said in Scarface. 
And then last night I'm listening to the five o'clock roundtable discussion of John Katzmanitis, Rita Cosby, and their contributors. And who comes on to cast dispersions against the thief of all thieves? Bobby Menendez, the U.S. Senator now, the former thief of all thieves in the Soprano state, of course, Bob the Torch Torricelli, who had to leave the Senate in disgrace. No, 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 Justin, not because he was dating uh, Bianca Jagger at Studio 54. And, you know, while they were all swapping wives there, Trudeau, his wife with Mick Jagger and all that freaky deaky stuff while they were doing lines of cocaine. No, listen to one thief call the other thief, the former senator, Bob Torricelli, thief, call the present thief, Bobby Menendez, off the hook. The scale and the sweep of this, I, it's really hard to put in any kind of a context. It, it is not too much to say that in the 250-year history of the United States Congress, there has never been a criminal indictment of a member of Congress of this scale. You know something, Bob the Torch Torricelli, nobody apparently on the panel last night knew, Justin, what I knew. But Bob the Torch Torricelli left office before he would be indicted for getting wine-dined in pocket line by the infamous David Chang. Can we ever forget David Chang of Fort Lee, who claimed he was owed $70 million by the evil seed of Kim Jong mentally ill behind the kimchi curtain of North Korea. And Bob the Torch Torricelli uh, went to bat to get back that $70 million, which he was never going to get back. And I mean, he got wine dime pocket line. We're talking cars, suits, monograms, shirts, anything and everything that Bob the Torch Torricelli wanted was provided by David Chang, his Medici. The difference is that Bob the Torch Torricelli saw the handwriting on the wall that he was guilty, 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 guilty. And you know what he did? He left and is tending his tomato plants, I think, right now in Franklin Lakes, where he grew up. And then, of course, the other crook. You see, this makes it the trinity, the troika, the trifecta of crooks in the U.S. Center. The guy who lost his boo, Cory Booker. Remember how Bobby Menendez praised Cory Booker in that first trial for always being there in the celebrity pew, always giving testimony, saying, oh, no, no, Bobby Menendez, he's a stand-up guy. He's my mentor. He's the senior citizen, uh, excuse me, the senior senator thief, and I'm the junior senator thief in New Jersey. I want to thank my colleague, Senator Cory Booker, who has been supportive from day one, traveled the state and spread the good word, was here on the first day of trial and came and testified and was, in my mind, a profile in courage. Yeah, well, I guess he lost that courage, right? You didn't pay him enough? Hey, Menendez, I know you're, living, you're listening in Englewood Cliffs in your wife's uh, house that you moved into, shacked up with a, the Armenian thief. I got to tell you something. Cory Booker was always available. He was available for you if the price is right. Remember Justin Ellick, uh, the woman uh, who made a billion dollars by claiming your finger could be pricked and she could determine all of your illnesses from A to Z, that scam master who's gone to jail? Yeah, Cory Booker was there in the front pew giving her tactical air support, claiming, oh, we shared a bag of walnuts. We're vegans. I wanted to show my support. Hey, if the price is right, Cory Booker, without his boo, is there to show you support. All three of them crooks.
We start with the worst, Bobby Menendez, then Bob the Torch Torricelli, the fact that he would even discuss the issue without implicating himself. He should impale himself with, with a stick that he has his tomato plants up on in Franklin Lakes. And, of course, the man without a boo, Cory Booker, who claims he lives in Newark, not. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. But is this like five days straight of rain? Do we have to build Noah's Ark out there? Global warming, climate change? Well, it will not rain on the celebration as State Supreme Court Judge Ozzie has ruled that Eric Adams improperly placed a migrant shelter at St. John's Villa, the old, all-girls Catholic high school in Grasmere, in Staten Island, in the shadow of the Verrazano Bridge. Victory! For the politicians who work together with the lawyers, again, I can't praise enough the Monsignor Farrell lawyers, Lou Gerolomino and Mark Fonte, Staten Island born and raised, against the silver spoon-fed attorneys, friends of Sid, Arthur Idala, Joe Tacopina. What kind of men? What kind of men go to poly prep day school, right? That's where they went. And they wouldn't even help the residents of Floyd Bennett Field, not on the Brooklyn side, not on the Rockaway side. In fact, didn't Justin Ellis, didn't Arthur Idala say, oh, you can't win, you can't win, it's a waste of time, go ahead, knock yourself out. Why? Because he's in the back pocket. He is an ass kisser of Eric Adams. That's why. So next time when you need lawyers, don't go to Arthur Idala, don't go to Joe Tacopina. First off, they'll price you out. You go to Lou Gerolamino and Mark Fonte out in Staten Island, who've been there through thick and thin, win, lose, or draw. They're there for the people. Great victory today. Great victory. And it's just the first of many to come, because now I've been called in by the residents in Riverdale. And it was in uh, a cold rain that was falling on Sunday. Can I say uh, it was raining cats and dogs? Is that okay? Uh, wrong way, Lou Rafino. Will I upset Nancy, who again has done a magnificent job as an attorney herself, doing a deep dive as an e-attorney on this nonprofit that has screwed the people of Riverdale like they've screwed the people in the Bronx. Now, what am I talking about? First off, have I ascended the steps Taking the number one train at 238th Street on Sunday, right next to Van Cortland Park. Walked, uh, walked in the direction of the closed Riverdale Diner. Aren't they all closing of late? 
walked up the steps, which exist all throughout the West Bronx, from the South Bronx to Mid Bronx up to Riverdale. And there, a chant of about 100 socialists all packed together to meet and boo me and give me the finger. And you know what that was like, uh, Justin Alec, that was like a conic elixir. That was better than Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, all mixed together. That just gave me even more vigor, more energy to take on Eric Adams, swagger man, who nefariously is behind all of this. Now, before we get to um, how City Hall is trying to screw the residents of Riverdale, uh, his uh, number one sickle fan, Tony and Lackey, Arthur Idala, was on earlier today, Justin Ellick, disparaging me, calling me a liar like so many of my critics have. Uh, who- that line that you don't cross when you start telling, like, outright lies and when you start really impugning people's reputations. Hmm. So he called me an, a liar like so many of my critics have. Uh, can we go through the laundry list, uh, wrong way, Lou Rafino, of the people who have come on the air and called me a liar and it proved that I was right and they were wrong? Let's see. There was the Bronx County GOP chairman. You remember him, right? Mike Rendino, right? <laughs> it's clear it's a liar, right? I don't live in Garden City long. I bang. Okay, that's one down. These are my peeps, Republicans. Then it was Peter King, remember our own Peter King, Congressman Peter King, who, when it came to the police chief in Suffolk County, you remember him, uh, was that Burke? <laughs> oh, Curtis is lying. Well, you were wrong, Peter. And Joanne Ariola, when I warned back in May that they were going to put illegal aliens uh, in Floyd Bennett Field, he's lying. He's lying. These are all Republicans. And, of course, Joe Borelli. How could we forget Joe Borelli out there who said that I was lying, that they would put illegal aliens in St. John Villa back in mid-June? Remember that, uh, Justin Ellick, the Staten Island advance? Oh, man, did he disparage me. Now, that's four Republicans who all were wrong. Now, let's go through the Democrats. Well, Eric Adams, he has called me a racist, a sexist, a misogynist. Uh, a xenophobe and a liar and a buffoon, right? He's called me all of that. And he has been proven wrong time and time again. Andrew Evelice Cuomo, same thing. Justin Brannon, the city councilman, I'm supporting Ari Kagan against them, both Ari Kagan. Justin Brannon again came on the airwaves with, um, with Sid Rosenberg and called me a liar. Actually, I think uh, Justin, more of my Republicans have done that and have had to pimp slap them down than have the Democrats. I mean, you say to yourself, what is it with these folks? Don't they know that my insurance package is not the fact that I shoot my mouth off, but that I have behind me the part of the Sliwa and Sliwa demolition team, Nancy Sliwa, e-attorney who does the deep dive who really gets into the nitty-gritty of what's happening. And now we go after 
this nonprofit called STAG. Now, let me give you the history up in Riverdale and why the residents of Riverdale would call me there on the corner of 238th Street in Waldo in the shadow of Manhattan College. There is an empty dormitory. Years ago, it was bought by STAG, a group that said that it would rehab this uh, old uh, this old dormitory and it would create affordable housing for the senior citizens, for veterans, for homeless, right? Nobody in the community, Justin, nobody was opposed to that. In fact, it's a very liberal, progressive, moderate Democrat area. You don't find many Republicans up there. And then they screwed the people there because they went dialing for dollars when they heard that Eric Adams was offering, would top anybody's offer to turn whatever property you had into a, quote, migrant center. So they got double their dollars, never told the community, just completely stabbed everybody in the back. And you say to yourself, well, you know, come on, Curtis, you know, it's an emergency situation. And, you know, Manhattan College had sold them the building for 18 million. Manhattan College is as culpable as anyone there in selling out Riverdale. The president and vice president met with me, even their esteemed alumni, Ray Kelly, longest serving police commissioner who I get along with splendidly, tried to lobby me that it wasn't Manhattan College's fault or Jasper's fault. It is. You ought to buy that building back. But let's deal with the two uh, dopey Democrats there. Dinowitz, the father, the assemblyman, and Eric, his son, Dinowitz, the city councilman. You know, nepotism is alive in the Bronx. It always has been. Out of the crooked uh, Bronx uh, County Democratic machine uh, run by, really, Carl Hasty, who is the assembly speaker uh, who doesn't know a situation that exists in this world where he, he can't make money off of and feed his people using the line of the previous speaker of the assembly, Sheldon Silver, a.k.a. Hyman Roth, a.k.a. Meyer Lansky, who would always say, hey, whatever the deal is, remember, I got to feed my people. Carl Hasty, the same thing. So the Dinowitzes are at the beck and call. They are puppets of Carl Hasty. They do whatever Carl Hasty says. And they okayed this. They okayed this. They were in bed with Stag. Now, it turns out that Stag is led by a guy named Mark Stag. Uh, and, and I want to I indicate to you what Nancy has discovered about them. In the very Bronx, they had promised in Kingsbridge that they would build a luxury building. And they had the community on board. Oh, you're going to put up a high-rise? Oh, absolutely. And then immediately took the money to turn it into a homeless shelter. Immediately. 1998. Immediately. Just did what Eric Adams says, a pivot and shift. Took the money for a homeless shelter. Screwed the people there in Kingsbridge. And then said, you call it a homeless shelter? This is what Mark Stagg, the CEO, said. We call it a family residence that is going to be filled with mothers and children. Don't they always say that? The mothers and children, and it's always generally single-abled young men with nowhere to go, with nothing to do right, unemployed, who then become a burden on the community. But that wasn't the only one. Oh, that was not the only one. 
Let me give you another one, Justin. You got a number two pencil. Please write this down. Again, all credit goes to my wife, Nancy. And again, all you have to do is Google. You don't have to, you know, go to the law library. You don't have to go and get microfilm. All you do is Google. 3677 White Plains Road. They went before the community board. They said, let me tell you something. We're going to build a great market rate housing program here. And then they did a bait and switch on those folks. And it was like, they did this wherever they've been in the Bronx. Again, you look at this company that's at the heart of turning what was uh, an empty dormitory of Manhattan College. Manhattan College made $18 million from these unscrupulous developers. And then all of a sudden, they did a pivot and shift, a flip-flop. And they doubled their dollars, and uh, it's Eric Adams, who said, no, 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 turn it into a migrant center. So they have a history of doing this. The um, the CEO, Mark Stagg, uh, Justin, says that he he's, feels good about the future of the Bronx. They had their headquarters there. And what did they recently do? They picked their headquarters up. They said, we're out of here. We're leaving the Bronx. We're going to Mount Vernon, where we can wine, dine, and pocket line. Corrupt political officials in Mount Vernon, probably the most corrupt city in all of New York State. And that's saying a lot. How many mayors have gone to jail and been indicted in Mount Vernon? Anyway, uh, they proceeded with building their new facility. They didn't have the right permits. The neighbors were all surprised. They protested. And then all of a sudden, Mayor Andre Wallace met with them and came out of the meeting, Justin, and he had a big smile on his face like the cat that swallowed Tweety Bird. And it said, hey, Stag is all right by us. They're really good partners. I wonder how much he got greased. Now the connection. Who worked for Stag for eh, close to eight years? The former borough president, Adolfo Carrion of the Bronx. Oh, the plot thickens. So he's in there working with Stag, you know, developing new pro- uh, projects in which you could screw over the community, you know, promise affordable housing, market rate housing, and then shove a homeless uh, shelter into it. So he works with them for eight years. And then who appoints him commissioner of the New York City Department of Housing? Eric Adams. Who do you think negotiated this sweetheart deal with Stag to sell out the people of Riverdale where they could double their dollars by putting in a migrant center? I'll bet you it was Commissioner of Housing Adolfo Carrion, who, by the way, has a sordid past because when he was borough president in the Bronx, he has property on City Island. He owns a home there, and he had a contractor come in and do work on his home, a quid pro quo. You do work on my home, and I will uh, approve the project that you have. He should have been indicted for that. He should have been convicted. But it's all part of a line of politicians and developers and the leadership of Manhattan College that is screwing the people of Riverdale. That's why they reached out to me. And you know what we're going to do for the people of Riverdale? 
We're going to prevent the migrants from coming in. We're going to do what the Staten Island residents did. We have to go to court. We have to have protests. We have to have rallies. You will not use technology like Stag has used in other parts of the Bronx to get over like a fat rat. I hold Eric Adams and Adolfo Carrion responsible for this. Those who are leaders of Stag got to look into their background now. There's this one guy, the vice president. He looks like, hello, gorgeous Vinny Bassiano. He's got the man tan. You know, what does he, what does he have? Tan, tan 24 hours a day. What does he get it out of a, a can? I'm going to be looking into stag. Do yourself a solid. Pull out of that deal because you don't know what's coming your way from the demolition team known as Sliwa and Sliwa. We have just touched the surface. We know all of you are corrupt. You took the money, Manhattan College. You screwed the people of Riverdale. Stag, all of a sudden, you don't return calls. You moved out of the Bronx to Mount Vernon so you could get over there like fat rats. And, hey, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. You thought your guy, Adolfo Carrion, could pull this off? Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa? Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Oh, yeah, here's the other guy who always called me a liar. Then he was the Republican city councilman of Howard Beach and then the crooked uh, Republican uh, GOP leader. Uh, turn the GOP into uh, an affiliate organization of the Bonanno crime family that he owed a vig of $600,000 to because he was a degenerate gambler. Eric Ulrich, right? Remember just how many times he called me a liar? He's a liar. He's lying about me. Really? Guy's ready to go to prison. Well, looky, looky, looky. After Eric Adams had beaten me in the general election... Where did he go to have a sit-down in Howard Beach with his new employee, soon-to-become-buildings commissioner? Uh, you wonder who did a DOI check there. All you had to do was go to New Park Pizzeria, get a slice and a Coke, and everybody would have said, Hey, Eric Ulrich, he's all mobbed up. He's affiliated with the Banano crime family. So here is this sorry tale, Eric Ulrich. Apparently, Eric Adams, thrilled uh, with victory over me and his confidant, uh, who says that she is a sister of God who has been sent down to guide Eric Adams, Ingrid Lewis Martin, who, upon hearing this, will call upstairs uh, uh, Justin and want me fired, as she has probably called like 20,000 times. Going to deny this, uh, Ingrid? And Eric Adams, that you were at a sit-down at Aldo's, December of 2021, with Michael Mazio, the Mazios, they're in, involved in towing. They're mob-affiliated. And the Laveris, who owned Aldo's, the former Altadana there, where the district attorney Santucci would have... 12-hour luncheons with my enemies, the Gottis and the Cambinos. 12-hour lunches, brazenly, boldly, right on Pitkin Avenue and Cross Bay Boulevard. 
Afterwards, it became Aldo's. So I got to ask you, why would the mayor and his chief confidant, Ingrid Lewis Martin, be sitting in a mob joint with mobsters and Eric Ulrich, a guy who owed the Bonato crime family $600,000 in gambling debts, why would they be sitting there? You know, City Hall, I'm going to find out. Because I know all about the mobsters choking on their lobsters. They're all my enemies. But that's why I began this program by saying, what's the difference between organized crime and politicians? Not that much. Fat Joe Messino had 250 gold bars in his house in Howard Beach, head of the Bonanno crime family. And Bobby Menendez had gold bars in his house in Englewood Cliffs. <laughs> City Hall, you got a lot of explaining to do about this one, Ingrid and Eric. <laughs>